all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world and it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. Let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. This is going to be a great episode for you if you are looking to up-level your practice for 2024. The fireworks, please. So what we're looking at doing is we're looking at four different principles. So these four principles that we're going to look at are guiding principles for you to write game-changing goals. These four areas of pivotal importance when it comes to your goals, and it's going to make a difference in your outcomes. In this episode, I'm going to give you the principles. However, I have a special surprise for you next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's Wednesday, December 27th, Thursday, December 28th, and December 29th at 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time in my Facebook group, which is the Preschool SLP, Kelly Vess SLP. This is the same name as the podcast. It's the Preschool SLP, Kelly Vess SLP. It's a private group that everyone is welcome to join. So in that group, I am going to be telling you in a three-day workshop how to create goals. Now in that workshop, I'm going to give you the systems and processes. I'm going to give you the frameworks. It's going to be so it's like a mad lib in which you can simply take the scaffold and put in your own details for the clients that you're working with. So in that three-day workshop, I'm going to give you the step-by-steps, the frameworks, the fill-in-the-blanks, you're going to be ready to go and put it right into practice. On the first day, Wednesday, December 27th, I am going to be covering speech goals. Now, when I cover speech goals, we're going to be looking at how do you make individual sound goals? How would you make goals for phonological processes? How would you make goals if you're looking at consonant clusters and the complexity of Roach. I'm going to show you many different ways to write your goals and you're going to decide what works for you. But what I'm going to give you is that step-by-step framework. So it's ready to put into practice. No fluff. I don't do fluff. It's all put this into practice tomorrow. See how it works with your clients. I think you're going to get great success with this approach as I have. 
The second day, December 28th, at 12 noon to 1 p.m., I'm going to be covering language and literacy. So I'm going to show you the step-by-step framework, the process, and how to write goals that improve language and literacy skills. On the third day, Friday the 29th, last, I'm going to be covering AAC goals for augmentative and alternative communication. So this three-day workshop is my gift to you. Happy holidays. It's in my Facebook group. Make sure to join the book group today. Get ready for the challenge. I don't want you to miss it. It's going to be live. So go ahead and be there. Join right now. It's the Preschool SLP, colon, Kelly Vest SLP. If you just look it up on Facebook, it's the group. Join the group. You're going to be there. It's going to be aired live in the group. So make sure to join the group today so you're ready. I don't want you to miss it. And join me on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at next week, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You're not going to be disappointed. If you've been to one of my workshops, I don't do any fluff. This is all function. I'm going to show you different variations, and you can pick what works for you and your kiddos. So let's dive into this episode. These are the four principles. If you're like me, I'm one of those people that always needs to know my why. Like I can't just do something. I need to know why am I doing what I'm doing? And and that can be anything. If I'm doing exercises, I need to know what muscle groups they they work. I need to know how does it work strength? How does it work endurance? How does it work flexibility? I need to know the why behind everything I'm doing. The same thing with foods. What vitamins do they have? What is the sugar? I need to know the why. After I know the why, I can figure out the how. I want you to first have the why down, and then next week, I'm going to show you the how. So I want to make sure you join me for the how, but this is the why. If you don't have the why, you're not going anywhere. You need to have your principles clear and straight. The first why, the first principle when it comes to writing game-changing goals, this is the most important of all, drum roll, please, if you don't... (laughs) Have this, you're not going anywhere because your treatment target is so important. The treatment target is like the food you ingest in the body. You can be doing everything right. You can be exercising every day. You can be sleeping. You can have your cortisol levels under control. But if you're eating happy meals every day, you're not going to be healthy. The target is so important. Your practice can be perfect, but if your target is less than optimal, you're going to get less than optimal results. You need to trust me on this. The brain works like the body when it comes to intervention. If you're not ingesting high-quality, top-shelf treatment targets, you're not going to get the gains. That said, principle number one is challenge creates change, period. Challenge creates change. So what does that mean when you're writing your goal? Write the highest most challenging goal possible, provided everything in your toolbox. 
This is very important. Believe in the child you work with and believe in yourself. And if you believe in your abilities and the tools that you can provide and that you can create change, that you truly are an agent of change, and you believe that child has the potential to create that change, taking that mindset, create the highest goal possible. And the higher you aim, the higher the gain. And this is not only in speech, this is also in language and literacy. This is also in augmentative communication. So I want you to think I'm going to aim as high as possible and I'm going to empty my whole toolbox out of every cue I've got to make it possible. I'm going to provide these scaffolds. I think of a skyscraper. And if you've ever seen a skyscraper, I saw them when I was presenting in Boston. They were building the frame of the skyscraper and there were all of these steel beams that were really, really high. I mean, we're like, it's like a hundred floors into the sky and you can see inside because they haven't built the walls yet. What you're doing in the beginning is you are providing the scaffolds to go as high as possible. I don't want you to concern yourself so much as what the child can do when you test the child. I want you to think about what the child could do when you give them those steel scaffolds and how high can they go with the steel scaffolds. And that's what I envision. I think about these skyscrapers, if you've ever seen them before, without the walls put on yet, when it's just steel beams. And when you're putting up those steel beams and you're holding that structure with your steel beams, you haven't removed them yet, how how high can you go? That is your goal. The higher you aim, the higher the gains. So that is number one principle to keep in mind. I think about what Lynn Williams said, for instance, she said, when it comes to treating speech sound disorders, you can choose a simpler target. You can take the developmental method in which you start with the earliest error sound. But in doing so, all you're doing is taking a chisel to that rock and you're going for the earliest target And then you take your chisel and you go to the next target. And then you take your chisel and you go to the next target. Or you can take fireworks to that rock. And when you take fireworks to that rock, what you're really talking about at that point is you're talking about taking a complex target, giving a maximum level of scaffolds in the beginning. And then the child gets that target. And in getting that target, you have a cascading impact in which the earlier developing targets will naturally develop. That is changing the child's linguistic system. You're changing the child's linguistic system with fireworks instead of taking a chisel to that rock. Fireworks is a challenging treatment target, period. If you don't believe me, And I've done so much research on this and I present every year my research on it. If Asha doesn't take the research on it, I present it at a different conference and then I throw it up at ResearchGate. So you can see all of my research on ResearchGate. 
every single study, year after year after year, with different preschoolers of diverse backgrounds, of diverse speech sound disorders, of diverse language skills, of diverse etiologies across the board, the more complex the target, the greater the gains, period. So I encourage you, if you haven't, go to Kelly Vest, that's me, on ResearchGate, and you're going to see study after study after study after study of A-B split design in which I keep every variable the same except for the treatment target. And even the treatment target being slightly more complex makes a big difference. Are you going to say spray instead of splash? Are you going to say drop? instead of free. That matters. That's the food you're going to ingest. And the more complex the target, the greater the gains. We can't be messing around here. If you're a school speech pathologist, or even if you are working in a clinical setting, you have about 45 minutes a week to make a difference. You cannot do that on fast food. This is when you bring out the top shelf ingredients. This is when you bring out the complex treatment targets if you want to change this child's life. Let's go to principle number two for game-changing goal-guiding principles. These are game-changers. The second principle is to provide a most to least prompting hierarchy. Now, this has been researched in the research of learning for many years. And a lot of speech pathologists and students that I come across like to do a least to most. They like to start off with as little prompting as possible. What you're doing there is you're wasting time. What you want to do instead is you want to get the child as soon as possible producing that target at an 80% minimal accuracy rate. So you have this challenging treatment target. How are we going to get there? We're going to empty out every single cue you have on day one because that's the level we want to operate at. And then what we're going to do is you're going to pull those cues away. How are we going to pull those cues away really matters. The first thing you're going to want to get rid of is the verbal cue. The verbal cue is actually the most prompt dependent, the research indicates, in which it's going to be harder to fade the longer you keep it. The verbal cue on top of that is the most obtrusive. And I mean it's obtrusive because when you're providing the verbal cue, you're doing the child's push-ups for them. When you're providing the verbal cue, you're doing the word retrieval. You're doing the motor planning, what's going to be said and where the sounds are. You're doing the motor programming. You're doing the execution you're doing the heavy lifting. The child's around for the ride passively. Learning needs to be an active experience. The first cue you're going to want to get rid of is the verbal cue. And how are you going to do that? Because you have so many other cues in place, because you're using gestures, because you're using the visual, because you're using imagery, because you're using slowed speech and slowed movement. 
because of all of that, you can get rid of the verbal. And the sooner you get rid of the verbal and wherever and whenever you can, you drop it out of there, the better. And what's going to happen is the child's going to take the driver's seat in their learning experience. The child's going to develop self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is goal one. Without knowing who you're working with, not without knowing anything at all, I can tell you every single child on your caseload, self-efficacy is the most important goal. If they believe that through their efforts, they can accomplish anything, the sky's the limit. So that's why it's so important to stop talking as soon as and as much as possible. And when you do, the first thing you're going to say when you're done is you're the teacher now and I'm the student. I wasn't even talking. Let's go into the third guiding, game-changing principle. The third principle is to always ensure there's an 80% accuracy level at all times. So you need to ensure there's that 80% accuracy level because if you're below that 80% accuracy level, there's two things that can happen. One, the child can become frustrated, or two, you can be reinforcing bad habits. So just as practice makes perfect, practice makes imperfect. We don't want to reinforce bad habits and we don't want them frustrated. So the way therapy is, is like a dance. It's a tango. It's a back and forth dance in which the child gives you A and you respond with B. You're not going to respond with my response today is Z. I'm not going to give any verbal prompts today. And this is how we're going to roll. It's not didactic like that. It's not. Instead, It's different. It's dyadic. And what I mean by dyadic instead of dyactic is this this two-way transactional interaction that's very dynamic. And from a moment-to-moment basis, just as what the child produces changes, how you respond changes. So let me explain how that works. In in one activity that you're doing with the child, in one moment, you can be providing a maximum level of cueing. You're doing slowed speech. You're doing gestures. You're doing visual. You're doing imagery. You're doing choral. You're giving every cue you have. You're doing tactile. And then the next minute... There's no cues whatsoever because the child is independently producing the target correctly. And that has to do with perhaps the child is attending one moment and the child isn't attending the next moment. It could be that the child is feeling sick one day and they need a maximum level of cueing, in which typically they're independent. It could be that the child's getting bored of the activity And in the first try, the child was independent, but the fifth try, the child's kind of only half participating and you don't want to develop bad habits. So you go and you give them more support and carry them through it to make sure they're 80% minimally accurate. So it's a tango. It's back and forth, moment to moment. So that's why when people take objective data, such as soap notes, and they write objective, and they would write down, for instance, 80% accurate with verbal model. 
that's what we did today. That doesn't, that doesn't fly with me. And the reason that doesn't fly with me is because you were providing a verbal model one moment, you were providing no model the next, you were providing a maximum level of cueing the next moment. And so I really, maybe you were doing a probe, but why were you doing a probe? Were you just testing the child? Is this, are you, should you be wasting therapy time testing the child? We'll talk about that in a bit. But think about that. Or if they write in their soap notes, objective data, child was able to produce the target, whatever they want to say, in isolation, which is another thing I don't do, 50% of the time. That's not okay. So that's a thumbs down, not a thumbs up. That's not okay because the child producing the target 50% of the times means A, the child is probably really frustrated or B, they're habituating an error sound and being reinforced. So that's, that's not good. We can't have that. So once again, we have to really be dynamic every single moment. There's this back and forth inner exchange in which, which the child needs more support, the child needs less support, and it changes by the minute. And that's the way we're going to be rolling. What we need to do is at all times in the session, the challenge is at all times in the session, the child is minimally at an 80% level of accuracy. Now, if the child's at 100% of level of accuracy, this is too easy for the child. You need to pull back the prompts. The child's not being challenged. The child's not growing. Or you need to select a more challenging treatment target. So think about that as well. We want to be always be hovering around the 80% line. Now we're getting into number four, our last one. Now this is a really important one because I think oftentimes children are being tested instead of taught. And let me explain why. The research indicates that it takes eight weeks uh, the meta-analytic research from James Law and his colleagues, it takes eight weeks for children to show generalizable gains in communication. So what we want to be concerned with is generalizable gains. So when we're testing the child every single session and we're keeping data every single session, that's when you have practice effects. So for instance, I row at Orange Theory and my stroke rate goes up because I'm rowing every single day, or my power goes up because I'm rowing every single day. I'm not concerned about that. That's called practice effects. Because I do it every single day, day in and day out, I become better at it. What I am concerned about is what is my body composition looking like? Are, um, what are my measurements? What is my fat to muscle ratio? What are the, pound, the pounds I have? So we're looking at generalizable gains. That's what you want to be concerned with. And even in fitness, it takes probably about eight weeks to see generalizable gains. It takes some time. You really see the generalization of these games, not a couple of sessions and what? I don't see progress. The same thing with these children. What I want us to think about instead of testing the children every session on the treatment target that you're practicing hundreds of times, I want you to think about generalizable gains. And what I mean generalizable gains is I want you to think about what happens if they're at the preschool level 
We had 60 errors two months ago. Today we have 40 errors. We're making great progress. Are the errors on the complex sounds that I'm working on, the SKR blend? No, they're on the easier sounds. The children develop the speech, not on the sounds I'm working on. They develop the earliest sounds first, the stop sounds, then the early fricative sounds, and they develop the early liquids, and then they develop the uh, early blends to element blends, then the later liquid of R. So it follows that developmental trajectory. I'm working on SKR. I'm working on the hardest sound in the English language. They're not able to produce that in spontaneous speech. That doesn't develop to seven, eight years of age. But what my preschoolers can do is they're going up the steps a lot more quickly because I'm putting fireworks to their linguistic system. Because when I work on the most complex treatment target, what's happening is I'm changing every sound below that target. So I want to be very clear on in my goals, how am I going to measure this at the end of the day? And what I like to do is in my two short-term objectives, I say it's based on systematic observation 80% of the time. This is when I'm looking for growth. I'm looking for, we're doing the tango. I'm challenging you. You're at an 80% challenge point, which research indicates to be the most effective level. And then at the end of it all, at the annual goal, I'm going to look for the benchmark. What is my expectation a year from now? And that's where I'm going to say, based on standardized testing, that's where I'm going to say, based on connected speech sample. That's where I can even say, based on a speech probe of 10 words or five words, they're going to have an 80% accuracy. So a speech probe is just where you shoot out, maybe you have five pictures of the treatment target and they're able to just produce it on their own. That's when there's going to be this objective measurement test at the very end. But that's not how we're doing therapy. In therapy, my time is totally divested in teaching the child. At the very end, at the annual goal, I can say, I want to see how he performs in the connected speech, in a speech testing situation, in a speech probe situation. This is where we want to see him a year from now. Or I could just say a year from now, I want to see him able to do this complex sound with a minimal level prompting. Because maybe it is a three-element blend, like an SKR blend. Do I expect the preschooler to be able to produce three-element blends? No. But do I expect with a minimal level of prompting that they could? Yes. So maybe that is my benchmark at the end where I would like to see them. So those are the four guiding principles. And today I applied it to treating speech sound disorders. And I want you to join me next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in my group, in the, the Preschool SLP, Kelly of SLP Facebook group. Join it right now so you don't miss next week because I know you're going to be on vacation next week. But the most fun you're going to have on vacation next week, during that time, we're going to just roll up our sleeves, which is what I like to do, dig in. And when we dig in, we're going to get into the step-by-step 
framework. We're going to get into the fill in the blanks. This is what it's going to look like. And I'm also going to show you variety. There's no single right way to do things. Some of us like to write our goals as phonological processes. Some like to look at individual error sounds. Some like to look at word structures, such as multisyllabic words, CV, CVC, CV, CVC. I will show you all of the ways to go about that. But what I'm gonna have in each of those methods are these four guiding principles. Because these four guiding principles are truly game changers when it comes to how effective you're gonna be at treating speech sound disorders. So I want you to once again, right now, not later, because you're gonna forget because of Christmas, and Hanukkah, and all of the holidays, and the new year, you're going to forget. So right now, go to, oh, there's the, there's the fireworks. Go right now to the Preschool SLP Facebook group. And this is the one that's the Kelly Vess SLP Facebook group. So not any others. So I want you to take all of this information and do what you always do. Roll up your sleeves and make the world a better place one child at a time. You're always going to be first. 